Welcome and thank you so very much for joining us on today's podcast of Making a Difference Through Mentorship, where we believe you make a difference one life at a time. It's a purposeful relationship that's valued, trusted, and respected, which carries us to authentic accountability, which is reliable, dependable, and affirmational. And our third component of making a difference through mentorship is our professional and spiritual responsibility that we have concerning those that we have the privilege to be able to lead, where we help to develop those around us socially, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Today's podcast of making a difference through mentorship is part one of the person in your personality. The Apostle Paul says to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 in the Revised Standard Version, examine yourselves to see whether you are holding to your faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet or pass the test. To get to the fruit of an orange or tangerine or banana, we have to first peel back what is on the outside to get to what is on the inside. When it comes to that orange, tangerine, or banana, most of us are not even concerned about the outside because what we want is underneath that outer layer. So Paul says to the church at Corinth, test yourselves. Peel back the outside of self and find out if you really are true to the faith that we confess is on the inside. In other words, the person in your personality, in my personality, after we peel back the outer layer of what's on the, in, what's on the outside of who we are, we ought to see Christ, ensuring that the personality of Christ is on a page all by himself where Jesus sits on the throne of our lives, displaying his character, his personality, having the preeminence, governing our lives, not in some things, but in all things and at all times, which includes our thinking, our speech, our behavior, our conduct, and our actions. The word personality itself originates from the Latin word persona, which refers to a theatrical mask worn by performers to either project different roles or disguise their identities. In sociology, a person may be defined as an individual human being based on his or her social relationships and behavioral patterns as conditioned by their culture, such as the Japanese culture. I was in Japan visiting my son several years ago when he was stationed there and many of the older Japanese citizens would bow. And my son was sharing with me, the lower that they bowed, the greater level of respect they were giving to you. That was a part of the Japanese culture. One personality psychologist that I read states that personality is the mental organization of a human being at any stage of his or her development. Personality further embraces every phase of human character, intellect, temperament, attitude, skills, our morality that has been built up in the course of our lives, which includes the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright ugly. Another personality psychologist states that our personalities are made up of our motives, emotions, our self-perspective, and our view of others functioning together to create a person's life patterns. From the outset of this teaching, it's important to point out that 
Not one person listening uh, today is perfect. And yet as God's people, our aim is to say, as the Apostle Paul said in the Living Bible version of Philippians 3 and 12, I don't mean to say that I'm perfect. None of us are when we acknowledge it. None of us are perfect. I haven't learned all I should even yet, but I keep working toward that day when I finally will be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. Paul is talking of a progressive maturity in his walk with the Lord. As it was with the Apostle Paul then, so is it with you and I today concerning the subject matter, the person in our personality. In other words, what Paul was also saying, you and I will never graduate from God's classroom of learning. In the King James Version of Philippians 3 and 12, Paul says, I want to apprehend that which has apprehended me. Paul was then, as you and I must be now, in pursuit of the person of our personality that abides within, and that is Jesus Christ, the very nature and character of God. Most of us, if not all of us, have heard people say on occasions, well, this is just my personality. This is just the way that I am. The question then becomes for us that are Christians, which means Christ-like, the question becomes who sits on the throne of our lives, governing our lives, leading, guiding, and directing our lives, our behavior, our conduct, our attitudes. The Bible teaches us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 that as human beings, many of you are familiar with this passage, as human beings, we are spirit, soul, and body. Our physical bodies are evident, obvious. But the spirit and the soul are not physically evident because the spirit and soul make up our inner nature, but may be observed by and in our personality. In the preceding passage, the Greek word for soul is suke. This word implies our mind, will, and desires as seen or observed in our personal preferences, choices, and emotional responses to life situations, which makes up our unique personality. The Greek word for spirit, as many of you know, is pneuma. It refers to the part of man that connects and communicates with God. Our spirit differs from our soul because our spirit is always pointed towards and exists exclusively for God, whereas our soul can be self-centered. We further see the reality of the spirit within us when God breathed into Adam. God inspirited him or inspired him breathe life into Adam when he breathed into his nostrils. The body is going to obey either the spirit of God or our soul, our emotions, intellect, and will. This was the problem with Adam and Eve. Instead of being governed by the spirit of God on the inside, Adam and Eve's choice to disobey the spirit of God within was rooted in the manipulation of their souls by the devil. The devil is a skilled manipulator controlling and influencing humanity to his own dishonest advantage and purposes, twisting words, playing on our emotions. Adam and Eve were manipulated by the devil in the beginning, and this strategy of the devil has been working ever since. Proverbs 18 and 21 puts it this way, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Another translation simply says the tongue has the power of life and death. When we consider this admonition from the Lord, the stakes are high concerning our words. Your words, my words can either speak life or your words can speak death. Our subject today is the person in our personality. Our tongues can build others, build others up or they can tear them down. The devil, spiritual wickedness in high places can use our tongue to cause division, 
putting others down, bragging, false teaching, exaggeration, complaining, or just flat out lying. It only takes a few words to hurt someone. Wounds heal, but they leave scars that never disappear. Words can bring joy or cause misery. We can leave a trail of destruction by the way we use our tongues. Husbands have stabbed their wives with words that are as sharp as daggers. Wives have lashed out with tongues that slice and dice their husbands. Parents have devastated their children by repeated blasts of venom coming from their mouths. And children have exploded at their parents with words that have leveled the entire family like an atom bomb. The words that we speak can express or repress, offend or befriend, affirm or alienate, build or belittle, comfort or criticize, delight or destroy. If your personality, if my personality does not reveal Christ in our speech, we have failed to meet the test of faith and have been manipulated and blinded by the devil. The Bible reminds us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, where Paul says, The God of this world, the devil himself, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The writer of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, speaking of Jesus, declares, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. According to the American Psychological Association, psychology is the scientific study of the mind and behavior which includes understanding our personality, with its origins traced back to ancient Greek, uh, Greece, 400 to 500 years BC. The word personality itself stems from the Latin word, as we shared earlier, persona, which refers to a theatrical mask worn by performers to either project different roles or disguise their identities. Throughout humanity's existence, there have been various efforts to describe a person's personality. Some may say that they are an extrovert, outgoing, able to talk with anybody, where others would say, I'm an introvert, describing themselves as shy, quiet, or reserved. The science of psychology has provided us with various tools and assessments available that give us insight to our unique personality. And this is why it's important for us to understand what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 46. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. It's important that we balance the spiritual with the natural and the natural with the spiritual concerning our personality. Stephen Covey in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People states, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Covey goes on to say that people form opinions based on their own experiences and perspectives. Unless they work hard to understand someone else's perspective, two people can see the same thing and form completely different viewpoints because their understanding is from their unique viewpoint or personality. Covey further states that if you're like most people, you probably seek first to be understood. You want to get your point across. And in doing so, it is possible for us to ignore the other person completely. So why does this happen? Because most people, and the research indicates that most people listen with the intent to reply, not to understand. A person may filter everything they hear through their own life experiences or frame of reference and consequently decide prematurely what the other person means before he or she even finishes communicating or exchanging information. The New Century version of Proverbs 4 and 7 says, Wisdom 
is the most important thing. So get wisdom. If it costs everything you have, get understanding. Wisdom means experience, maturity. Wisdom is not a once and for all time reception. It is a process. In other words, gaining wisdom requires an ongoing commitment and pursuit of wisdom. Wisdom must be exercised, intentionally sustained and pursued. Many things in life are lost, not because they are intentionally let go, but because they're not purposely kept. Wisdom is one of those things. If a person does not deliberately mature in and grow in practicing and applying wisdom throughout uh, life, wisdom will slip away from us when we need wisdom the most. I remind us again of 1 Corinthians 15 and 46. It's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. There's nothing spiritual about your car or my car, your house or my house that we live in. Your car and your house are made out of man-made materials from the earth. There are some things that we must learn naturally to balance our spirituality. Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers, in the United States published the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator in 1962 after Briggs was inspired to research personality type theory when she met her daughter's future husband. She noticed that her future son-in-law had a different way of seeing or viewing the world. This intrigued her enough to begin her literature research and and, uh, the testing of the theory to understand different temperaments for over 20 years and the Myers-Briggs type indicator was published and now being used globally by companies and organizations to better understand people. The Myers-Briggs type indicator is a very practical tool to help us in developing wisdom to obtain an understanding of ourselves through a series of questions indicating how people perceive, which is connected to our personality, which is further connected to the world and how we make decisions or judge things that's divided into four categories. There's introversion or extroversion, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling, judging or perceiving. One letter from each category is taken to produce a four-letter test result such as INFJ or ENFP. I highly encourage you to do a Google search on the Myers-Briggs type indicator. It's a fascinating tool for helping people to understand people. Judgment involves all of the ways of coming to conclusions about what has been proved. In the core of the Myers-Briggs assessment tool, a question that is asked, do you prefer to focus on the outer world or on your own inner world? This is included in the category of extroversion or introversion. A second question that is asked in the assessment, do you prefer to focus on the basic information you take in or do you prefer to interpret and add meaning? This is called sensing or S or intuition, which is in. A third question that is asked when making decisions, do you prefer to first look at logic and consistency or do you prefer to first look at the people and the circumstances? This is called thinking or the T or feeling for the F. A fourth question that is asked in the Myers-Briggs assessment or indicator in dealing with the outside world, do you prefer to get things decided or do you prefer to stay open to new information and options? This is called judging, the J, or perceiving for P. 
after answering and responding to the four preceding questions or categories is when a person discovers their own unique personality type based on their responses to their to the questions, which is expressed as a code with four letters. If people differ in what they perceive and in how they reach conclusions, then it's logical to reach the conclusion that people also differ correspondingly in their interests, reactions, values, motivations, and skill sets. Our perception involves all the ways of becoming aware of things, people, happenings, or ideas that contribute to the person in our personality. Perception includes the five senses, five senses, touch, sight, sound, smell, and taste. The process of perception is a sequence of steps that begins with the environment that includes a stimulus and action in response to the stimulus. It occurs continuously. Our perception never ceases to operate, but it, it occurs continuously, but you do not spend a great deal of time thinking about how often it occurs or the process continues when you perceive the many stimuli that surround you at any given moment. When you walk into a room and the room is cold, your perception, your most probable action will be to get a jacket or a sweater. The environment was the room. The cold was the stimulus based on your perception that led you to get the jacket or the sweater. And the environment, the stimulus is always going. Our perception never ceases based on touch, taste, sight, smell, the five senses. The American Psychological Association has also stated that personality is our individual differences in our patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving that have shaped or made our unique personality. Proverbs 23 and 7 reminds us that as a man or a woman thinks, that is who we really are. Romans 8 and 14 declares that they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. The word led in this passage in Romans 8 and 14 is ego. Paul is saying to us that the person in our personality is to be led. The word ego means led. What Paul was saying that our personality is to be led by the personality of the Spirit. Yes, the Spirit of God has a personality, which is the personality of God discovered and revealed in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. These are all character attributes of the very nature and makeup of God. And we cannot forget the final aspect for us in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance, which is self-control. At any given moment, there are only two possibilities for the governance of our lives, the ego of the Spirit or the ego of our soul. The soul is the seat of our emotions, feelings, intellect, and will. Ego can be defined as the view that a person has of him or herself the way that a person looks or views themselves, their own perception. The English word ego is the Latin word for I. Literally translated, ego means I. The ego includes our conscious decision-making process. The making of our decisions resides in our souls. Our emotions are influenced by our thinking. And when our thinking influences our emotions, our emotions then influence our behavior or conduct. At any given moment, there are only two possibilities for the governance of our lives, the ego of the spirit, the leading of the spirit, or the ego of our soul. Have you ever stood outside yourself and listened to yourself? 
Have you ever stood outside yourself and listened to your the way that you talk to other people? Have you ever stood outside yourself and experienced your attitude and behavior? Take a few moments and consider the last disagreement or argument that you had with a family member, a co-worker, or member of your church. Whatever you said and how you said it is a part of your personality, influenced by the ego of your soul or the ego of the spirit. The Apostle Paul reminds us that we are living epistles read of men. In other words, it reminds me of a poem that I read many years ago that simply says, your life is writing a story, a chapter each day by the deeds that you do, by the words that you say. People will read what your life writes, whether faithless or true. What becomes your life story is really up to you. In the restaurant, when we are ordering our food, interacting with the waiter or waitress, people are reading our lives. When we're at the mall, our attitude with the person at the register as as someone's personality displays displeasure at not getting 50% off the dress or shoes because the item was in the wrong place, and now they have to pay the regular price for the item. The person at the cash register was simply doing their job. And many don't consider or have a framework for understanding each other in this moment. If we're not led by the ego of the spirit, our minds, the ego of our soul, emotions will fill in narratives that are not always true. Publicly and privately, people are reading us even when we're not aware that they're reading us. Our children are reading us in our homes as we interact as husbands and wives. Members of our church are reading us as we interact with this one or that one and how we may show respect to this person, but we don't show it to that person. Our lives are governed either by the ego of the spirit, the leading of the spirit, or the ego of our soul. The New Century Version of Proverbs 4 and 23 instructs us to instructs us to be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Philippians 4 and 7 reminds us, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, the person in our personality. All of us are different. All of us are different. Some uh, uh, will will state that we are rather shy and reserved. Some of us are more outgoing and extroverted, yet we all are designer originals. If we want to constantly have peace in our minds, we must be at peace with the person in our personality, which is Christ the Lord. When we are at peace with the person in our personality, we become living examples of Paul's instructions to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourself. It's a constant evaluation and examination of the life that we're living in this earth. Examine yourself to see whether you're holding to your faith. Are we faithful or faithless in our speech, conduct, and behavior? Test yourselves. Do you realize that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? This is a tremendous uh, principle that Paul gives to us as believing believers. We have to examine ourselves day by day, do an evaluation to see if our behavior our personality, if we're allowing the personality of Christ to govern our lives, unless we indeed fail the test. Just as we do with a banana, an orange, or tangerine, when we peel back what is on the outside, 
What we really are after is what's on the inside. When we peel back the outer layers of our environment, our education, where we live, um, the things that the people that we know, that's all external. But when we peel back what's on the outside, what we really want is what's on the inside, because that's where we discover who we really are, the very nature of our character and who the Lord is inside of us. The Passion Translation of Colossians 1 and 27 declares, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest full of hope with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. There is a treasure chest of hope in all of us. And what the world needs to see is that this treasure chest, which is Christ in us, is available for all because God wants everybody to know it. When we allow Jesus to be the person in our personality, we receive a rich inheritance and legacy to be passed on to generation to generation. God made us the way that we are with our unique personality traits. But every day of our lives, we must allow Jesus as the person of our personality to be the center and the circumference, the base and the boundary, the beauty and the balance, the sum and the substance of all that we are. In other words, our lives, it's all about Jesus. That's what it's all about. Well, thank you so very much for tuning in to today's podcast. There's more to be discussed concerning this topic, the person in our personality. Therefore, we're going to continue next week with this particular theme, the person in our personality, part two. Invite a friend, a family member, or co-worker to join us as we continue with principles and precepts for making a difference through mentorship. And you make a difference one life at a time.